We're thankful, as always, to be joined by Illinois State Senator Terry Bryant. Senator, thanks for the time. Oh, my pleasure, Will. Wanted to catch up with you about a bill we've been talking about on the program recently, and it would expand Medicaid benefits to illegal immigrants in Illinois, and it's causing a lot of conversation, and especially about how it could strain this year's budget. Uh, with that set up, Senator, your thoughts? Well, this year's budget's already strained because of where we are on Medicaid for undocumented immigrants. So uh, you might remember, I think we have to go back to like 2020 when the first bill passed that basically said that undocumented immigrants 55 and older could be eligible for Medicaid. So they go in, they do the paperwork, it's it's income-based, and then previously they wouldn't have been eligible because they were not only not an Illinois citizen, but they were not a U.S. citizen. And remember that no matter what age you are in any of this, there is no federal match because they're not documented, right? So our first iteration at this was 55 and older. The, um, I guess the, uh, uh, the projections for the cost of that was going to be $67 million. Well, then fast forward then to the next year. Uh, and in the BIMP, so the budget implementation bill, which enacts the budget, was snuck in the ability for those who are 42 and older. Well, that's taken us to where we are right now, where it isn't 67 million people, and it's not 25,000 people that applied. It's well over 50,000 people, and we are now um, looking at this costing somewhere um, around $700 million, with a projection that in fiscal 2024, which would start July 1, it would cost a billion dollars, and another bill, which is probably the one that you were referencing, that expands this to ages 19 to 42. So they're already covered uh, for children. So uh, age one through 18, this one would cover 19 through, that gets us up to 42, and then they're already covered from 42 on. And so then the, you know, that it begs the question, obviously, of where's the money going to come from? We ha- we, what we're seeing right now is that people are coming here literally from all over the world to get organ transplants, uh, documented and undocumented, because they're eligible now. But those who are undocumented with Medicaid, you think about this for just a minute. You have citizens of Illinois, citizens of the United States, who may not get a kidney transplant because someone who is undocumented is on the list and theirs is going to be paid for. And again, it's 100% Illinois taxpayer funded because there is no federal match. It's infuriating. Now, I realize that this name may not happen often, but it would seem like it would set up a scenario where you could have somebody who is a citizen of the United States who would otherwise have to pay some sort of copay who could claim, I suppose, to be undocumented. Because if you're undocumented, the only way to prove it is by not having any documents. Um to that's one I hadn't even thought of, Will, but yeah, I guess that certainly could happen. It's a little bit like uh, you know, the law now that says that you can go back and change your original birth certificate to whatever gender you want. Right. So I've made an argument that if you are applying for a woman owned business grant, 
you could go change your birth certificate if you're a man change your birth certificate to female apply for a woman-owned business grant get it because you're not committing fraud your birth certificate now indicates that you're a woman once you get the grant you would just go back and change yourself back to a man again because the law doesn't say how often you can do it well that's crazy it's a rules are in changing in culture and in law that i never would have thought that would even be a part of the societal debate in this country but here we are um the question of this expansion to undocumented immigrants here 19 to 41 does it have enough votes to pass or are the financial questions being raised going to kill it off well i think that so far it has not been called in committee in the Senate that I'm aware of. Uh, and, and I know it hasn't been called on the Senate floor yet. So it's possible that the votes are just not there. That's what I'm hoping. Now the house Republicans did um, a press conference, uh, la- I think last week or maybe the week before, I think it was last week. And in that press conference, they brought up much of what I just said to you. And uh, leader Spain is, um, is actually asking for a moratorium on any more expansion. And furthermore, he's asking that there be an audit. We, we need to find out why the projections, every single projection that was made on this expansion has been blown out of the water. For instance, that first dollar amount that I told you, that's, that's $67 million. The amount of money that was allocated for the program initially was used up in the first month. So the legislature allocated the money for what was supposed to be for the full fiscal year. And so many people applied for it that it was used up in the first month. And listen, I don't mean to disparage anyone in this, but um, you know, there are several of my friends who own businesses that employ uh, immigrants. Uh, and in fact, my best friend is an immigrant. Uh, and in the you know in, in speaking to her, she, quite often we find that those who are here undocumented are paid cash. Not always, but they're paid cash. So when they go to apply for Medicaid, and you're looking at their income, it's not actually truthful. So we're going to have some folks who have a fairly decent income, who on paper look to be eligible for Medicaid, while you have people who are here who are either documented or who are citizens who may not get that. But again, when we're looking at the, you know, you only have, there's only so much care that can be given. And right now there's another bill uh, that would allow for hospitals to get an increase in their Medicaid reimbursement. So you take, for instance, uh, SIH, they have to do a certain amount of charitable um, uh, uh, treatment in order to keep their not-for-profit status. So they do a lot of charitable uh, activities and they treat a lot of people where they just write that off. But none of the hospitals have been given an increase in 20 years on their Medicaid reimbursement. So you go in and have, say you have a knee replacement done and the Medicaid, you know, and it costs $10,000 and the Medicaid reimbursement for that is $100. Well, you know, you can only eat so much of that and then be able to continue as a hospital group. So th- that's the other danger that we have here is that not only do we not have the funds with the state 
And how many of these medical providers are going to be able to continue to do this? Well, the Jackson so, County, the Jackson County Nursing Home, part of the reason it closed down years ago was exactly that. You had cost of care exceeding the reimbursement for patient yes. day rates and uh, same situation you're talking about here. So mm-hmm. um, I noticed that the bill that would put additional scrutiny on crisis pregnancy centers passed out of the Senate and went to the House. We've talked about that a lot on the program mm-hmm. recently. Uh, that awaits further consideration there still, I suppose. Is that right? Yes, and there is a rally scheduled in Springfield on Wednesday uh, in hopes of trying to keep that from either being called or uh, getting the requisite number of votes on it. And, uh, you know, it's amazing to me that uh, the, the, the individuals who advocate for choice only want only want to support the women who make the choice to kill a baby. The women who choose to keep their babies, there is no support for them when it comes to those who are carrying these kind of bills. Uh, and I'm going to get a, a shameless plug in right now, if I could, and that is that I'm doing my diaper drive. I was just going to ask right about that right after. Yeah, so uh, that's going on right now. People can drop off diapers, baby wipes, lotion, anything like that at the office in Murfreesboro or the office in Mount Vernon, or they can just call the office and we'll come pick it up. But um, those diapers and and uh, and, and uh, other items will go to crisis pregnancy centers. Or today, Representative Severin and I were at Angels on Assignment in Mount Vernon. Uh, that's a that's a facility that has a food bank, clothing. They actually do financial assistance too at uh, Angels on Assignment, and then they have a little section there that has diapers and formula and so forth. So we'll spread this out a little bit and try to get you know depending on how much stuff we get. The more stuff we get, the more we can take to crisis pregnancy centers. But back, you know, on this other idea is, you know, I have a bill that I have now filed for, I think it's maybe three or four years, that just says that if a woman receives an ultrasound, that she must be given the right to see that ultrasound. At Planned Parenthood facilities, you are not allowed to see the ultrasound. Why not? Because if you see it 70 to 75% of the time, you're not going to have an abortion. So they, they will not allow a woman to see it. So I'm, I challenge on a daily basis all of these people who say that it's about choice. Well, it isn't about choice if you say that a crisis pregnancy center cannot give women facts about the dangers in an abortion. And that's what that bill also says, that they cannot even give them those kind of facts that say there are these kind of dangers in an abortion. And that's just not right. Yeah, it's certainly not right, and I appreciate you, you know, speaking up and on behalf of pro-life constituents, which make up the majority of Southern Illinois voters and values, and mm-hmm. that uh, bill is one of the worst I've seen in quite some time. Mm-hmm. Well, Senator Bryant, anything else you want to mention before we let you go today? Um, well, I would, uh, I, I've had lots and lots of correspondence in regard to the cat decline bill. Uh, it looks like that one might not progress. Uh, I think uh, people have heard kind of loud and clear, especially from the veterinarians, that sometimes declawing a cat uh, is necessary, and they want to be able to make that determination as a uh, pet medical provider. Uh, that one may be dead. You know, while they're running that one, there was a bill that says that you uh, that you can no longer touch a bear or non-human primate 
in Illinois. That one actually did pass, I believe, both chambers. Uh, so there's a, some silliness that's going on up there, uh, but there's some real serious stuff like the items that we just talked about. So keep an eye on things. We're coming into the last weeks week, weeks of the legislature, and that's when things get super crazy. We still don't have a, have not seen a budget, although we are continuing to have appropriations meetings. Uh, and I'm always looking for what your uh, listeners. Uh, ideas are going forward and also uh, what their complaints are so uh, please feel free to call the offices uh, or some of you have my cell number don't be afraid to call thank you so much for your time we'll catch up with you again soon awesome thanks will